This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. I mean, Mike kind of alluded to the fact of, you know, withdrawing the funds later for a different purpose. We're just really big advocates of keeping that money in there and just continuing to invest it and don't take money out of it if your cash flow can handle paying for all of your medical expenses. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do three things. First, we'll be answering a question about health savings accounts. Those are HSAs, and how best to use them. Second... We're back with our FinTech Spotlight segment. We'll be featuring M1 Finance this month and discussing how they stack up against Vanguard with regard to investing. And last but not least, my daughter Zoe and I will be doing another money quiz and we'll read our review of the month for this month's book giveaway. Okay, let's jump into today's show. I received a question from Mike on email and here it is. Hi, Andy. I listen to both podcasts regularly and really appreciate the content you're putting out there. You answered my questions about paying off my mortgage in five years about two years ago, and I'm on track to realizing that goal before the end of 2023. That is awesome. Way to go, Mike. Very cool. Uh, I digress. Here we go. I'm wondering what advice you'd give on how to best utilize an HSA account. My wife and I recently had a baby, and the big bills are starting to come through. I have recently started contributing the maximum allowable contribution to our HSA, but have been paying everything out of pocket while the balance builds. The HSA is currently invested in various Vanguard index funds. Does it make sense to save receipts, allow the HSA to grow, and compound to withdraw in a few years, or is it smarter to withdraw as the funds are deposited from my paycheck so I can continue tackling my mortgage as aggressively as I can. Thanks again, Mike. Mike, thank you very much for reaching out again for your question. That's an honor for me to hear that you've uh, stuck with the podcast for a while and you are on this road for mortgage freedom. Very cool. And congratulations on your new child. That is super cool. What an incredibly exciting time in your life as a dad. And your question... Mike is all sorts of fun for me because I'm a young dad. I love the mortgage freedom. And also I really enjoy the power of the HSA. So you are doing all the cool things in my book, as far as cool is concerned. I know that uh, that only goes so far when it comes to the show, but your question on the nuances of the HSA is also super timely. We've got open enrollment here, Mike, and folks may not even understand what that acronym HSA even is. So to help me answer your question and help us to also learn about uh, more of the magic behind the HSAs, I've invited Ashley DeSteiger on the show today. Ashley is the CFA, 
CFP and CPA who founded Gunder Wealth Management LLC. This is an independent registered investment advisor, and she did this in 2019. Ashley's desire to constantly challenge herself has uh, allowed her to be a part of this advice-driven, technology-focused movement within the financial planning space, and that led her to start her own firm. And so when she's not helping people plan their finances, she enjoys spending time with her husband, Joe, and their three kids. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Thanks so much, Andy. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. I'm glad to connect with a like-minded financial advisor and also a local one at that. So let's talk about uh, helping Mike here. So what should he do with regard to his HSA? This is a pretty nuanced question. Obviously, he's got the mortgage freedom thing happening, but he also wants to utilize the HSA. What do you think he should do? It really is a great question. And I guess to touch on your first point, Andy, you know, an HSA, for those of you who don't know what that stands for, it stands for a health savings account. And it's not available to everyone. The requirement is you have to have a high deductible health care plan. And a lot of individuals out there will be like, well, I already have a high deductible I must be eligible. You really have to have one that meets the requirements of the IRS. So that may range anywhere between a high deductible health care plan between $2,000 in 2022 up to $14,100. So that's a huge range for a health care plan that might qualify. And I also oftentimes get clients or prospects that are confused on the differences between that and an FSA. An FSA is a flex savings account, and that's really... If you don't use it, you lose it. That's a use it or lose a proposition. Whereas a HSA, you can keep contributing and you don't have to use it. It'll continue to grow for you. So Mike's asking a really fantastic question because if you're able to pay for your medical expenses out of pocket, that's something that we really advise our clients to do. Yeah, absolutely. So you talked about paying out of pocket with the HSA. Where does the money go when I'm putting things into an HSA? I understand we call it a savings account. You can invest too, right? Yes, absolutely. And you know that's a really great point because another oftentimes we'll see clients that contribute to the HSA, but they'll forget to do that second step and that's invest it. So either your employer will provide it for you or you might have to go out and get one on your own. There's really a lot of fantastic providers on the market these days. There's extensive lists, whether you look to Investopedia or Morningstar that always are ranking the top HSA providers. They're so advantageous though, because of their triple tax advantage. And it sounds like Mike is aware of that. So the contributions are made pre-tax, the growth is tax-free and the withdrawals if used for qualified medical expenses are also tax-free. So when you contribute to this, and again, the contribution limits change just a little bit every year. So I know 2021 is almost over, but the family max is $7,200 if you're under the age of 55. Next year, it's going to go up 100 bucks. So when you contribute, these funds will either be deducted directly out of your paycheck, or you can go online and link your, you know, if it's not linked with your employer, your paycheck, you can just go online and contribute it yourself. And then it's up to you to make sure that that money then gets invested. Let's talk about what can be covered with this. He mentions a big thing called pregnancy and all the bills that come with it as well. What else can be covered with an HSA? Is it similar to the FSA where it covers the same stuff or is it different stuff? How does that work? It's very similar and it's not strictly defined. It's generally defined as out-of-pocket expenses that include deductibles, co-payments, other amounts. You cannot pay for your healthcare premiums for it though. It sounds like 
you know, Mike, given the family stage he's in, he's far away from Medicare. It can pay for your Medicare premiums. He's not really close to that stage right now. The key though is, is just to save your receipts for everything. Just hang on to them. Who knows when you may want to withdraw from it, but because of our strategy to keep that money invested. Again, if your cash flow can handle paying for your medical expenses out of pocket, just hang on to those receipts because you can reimburse yourself at any time. Yeah, that's a good point. Have you seen this as this HSA as sort of another way to invest for people with regard to retirement or just other needs outside of, you know, the 401k, IRA, things like that? Absolutely. Honestly, I find that it's underutilized a lot of it depends also on the healthcare options that are available to you. I don't have a crystal ball, but with the draft tax leg- legislation on the table right now, we may be facing an instance where high income earning individuals can no longer do a backdoor Roth. So we'll have to see if that gets signed into law, but it just really enhances the importance of getting money into this tax free bucket. And the HSA, that's where the HSA sits in that tax free bucket. Why are people not maybe doing the HSA as much as something like a 401k or IRA? Is it just the existence of it? That's a great question. I think, I don't know that employers necessarily do a lot of employee education around it. The other thing is, is that employers are oftentimes more likely to provide an employer match on the 401k. There, I have seen some employers provide an HSA match or they'll contribute on behalf of the employee, but it's just not as common where the employer will step in and contribute. So I guess given that, Andy, as far as like the hierarchy, you know, if your employer offers a match in either your 401k or HSA, please take advantage of whatever that match is, first and foremost. And then after any matches you might get, whether it's 401k, HSA, where would somebody invest after that as far as that order of operations? Well, I guess assuming you already have a healthy emergency fund saved up, then I would start paying down high interest rate debt. So that might be really where... You know, you can look at your mortgage strategy, you know, your mortgage rate, your hopefully no credit card debt, student loans, anything like that. That's what I would tackle next. And then if that's not a factor, then I would max out your 401k or whatever retirement plan might be available to you and your HSA. I love this strategy and I think this helps Mike out a lot. Now, if he has the ability to save those receipts as he's asked and then maybe pay for it later on, or just like take it right out of the account immediately. I guess, what are the pros and cons with doing that? Is it just like, hey, time in the market, I'll have more down the road? What do you think? I'm a huge advocate for letting that money stay invested. We don't promise our clients any sort of return in the market, but the overall goal is that we hope if you can continue keeping that money invested, you're unemotional about market downturns. Oftentimes, HSAs offer you know really low-cost investments, which is also really a great feature of most of them. You know, keep that money invested. They may charge you an annual fee. It's usually fairly small. Like I said, there are sites out there that will rank different providers as far as which ones have the lowest fees, the lowest internal expense ratios on the mutual funds that they offer. But you know, if you can keep that money invested, I mean, Mike kind of alluded to the fact of you know withdrawing the funds later for a different purpose. We're just really big advocates of keeping that money in there and just continuing to invest it and don't take money out of it if your cash flow can handle paying for all of your medical expenses out of pocket. Because the advantage here is really, you know, if you utilize that as a retirement account, as you suggested, Andy, that can be used to pay for Medicare premiums or for a healthcare plan when you're no longer covered by an employer plan. Um, And healthcare is, if you're out on the exchange, um, as a self-employed individual, and 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 Andy might be able to relate to, healthcare is not cheap. It's pricey. (laughs) 
<laughs> Absolutely. I love your point, Ashley. Yes. I love mortgage freedom. And I love that idea, Mike, of being able to not have to make a payment again. But we also have to make sure that we are set for retirement, whether that's the, you know this coast fire concept where you've gotten yourself to a level where you're going to let this money coast to retirement and help you get to that point, or just backing yourself up with the realities of healthcare and the costs that are going to be happening in the future. You know, this number is going to continue to skyrocket as it has over the past years. So having money set aside where you're doing those projections, maybe in a compound interest calculator to see where this money could go by the time you might need it in your 60s could be that defining factor for you where you say, hey, should I use this now for other stuff or should I let this keep riding so I've got hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting there waiting for me to cover my healthcare needs. So actually, I love this point. It's fantastic. And I think it's something we can all play around with within our own personal situations and see if it fits well for us. So tell us a little bit about your firm and what you guys are all about and maybe where people can contact you. Even though I initially started, as Andy noted, my husband has since joined me and he's also a CFP professional. So it's just the two of us at Gunder Wealth. And like Andy said, we are in the greater Detroit area. And our niche is really working with busy families. The average client age that we work with is in their uh, late 30s, early 40s. They're typically don't know it yet, but they may be on the cusp of a life transition, similar to how Mike is just now embarking on expanding his family or a new job or a liquidity event, starting a business. We don't have a minimum investment, but we do have a minimum fee. And we have two different models. We can either invest your assets on your behalf, or you can stay in control of wherever your assets are, and you could we could work on a fee-for-advice basis. I love that. Ashley, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, I'm about this fee-only plan because it helps people have that flexibility, whether they want to manage it themselves or have some support like Ashley and, and her husband are providing. That's cool. I love your family-focused business. Very cool. You're helping families, and you guys are a family as well. So Ashley, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Andy, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And thanks for Mike for that great question. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. We'll be back to the show after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing coast fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, 
Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everyone. Let's jump back into the show. For our FinTech Spotlight segment this month, we are featuring M1 Finance, the finance super app. I've invited the CMO of M1 Finance, Bob Armour, on the show today. We're going to discuss how M1 stacks up against the Fire Community's favorite investing platform, Vanguard, and why people should consider M1 instead. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me. This is uh, quite a treat. Absolutely. Well, Bob, you know, with all of the investment platforms out there, we got Vanguard, Fidelity, Schwab, Betterment, all these different ones. What unique solution is M1 bringing to the table for customers? A couple things. One, our broad mission is to improve the financial well-being of our clients. And when we say improve the financial well-being, it's not just investing in terms of what we focus on. We try to enable people to do the best that they can with all that they're do with, doing with their money, whether it's investing, spending, borrowing, saving. We try to bring the best tools to bear for, for all of that. And, you know, whether it's investing, it's for free, whether it's borrowing, it's at a low cost, whether it's saving, it's at a high interest rate. And whether it's, you know, using a credit card, it's getting high cash back through our credit card. So all of that wrapped together makes all of those things better together and hence the name Finance Super App. Let's talk about some of the standout features against something like Vanguard. I've been a customer of Vanguard's for probably five years before that. It was Fidelity and these players have been out there for a while. So what are some of the features that kind of make you guys stand out outside of having these multiple different options of investing, saving and borrowing, things like that? Sure. I mean, first of all, Vanguard's an amazing company, has helped millions of people save billions and probably trillions of dollars. So, But at the same time, we bring a, number one, we bring a more accessible solution. We have lower minimums. I think ours is $100 to get started. Theirs, depending on where you start, is going to be in the thousands of dollars. Two is we enable people to you know, you put that money to work however they want to do it using fractional shares, which means you may want to put money in Amazon, for example. On Vanguard, you'd have to buy a full share of, of Amazon at $3,300. On M1, you can buy a dollar's worth of Amazon and, and participate in Amazon's fortune. 
you know, we offer, as I mentioned, we offer more services than they do. We have digital checking for free. We have borrowing against your portfolio at low cost. Our UI and UX is, I think, when you compare them side by side, ours kind of is, you know, world-class, you know, kind of experience that you'd get on something like an Amazon experience or a Twitter experience. The things that, you know, clients are going to want to get out of their apps. We offer better automation. You know, there's more things that you can do on M1, rebalancing. I think we might be talking about that in a second. But when you put your money to work on M1, every single dollar kind of seeks out where your portfolio is underweight to try to get your portfolio back to full weighting. And you can set certain rules, you know, between your accounts so that you can move money automatically. So for example, if you want to hold $1,000 in your checking account, and that's your kind of emergency savings account, you can set a rule that says, I'm going to build that up to $1,000. And then when it goes over $1,000, I want my money to point in another direction. I want to start putting it into a certain invest account. You can do that so that your money kind of flows the way you want. You set it once, and then the, the money just tracks and follows that. So that's it. I mean, you know, I think we are trying to make it easier, more accessible, less expensive, more comprehensive than Vanguard. And I think we do a pretty good job of it. Yeah, I would agree. I've signed up for an M1 account and I've, you know, in the past have signed up Vanguard accounts for myself. I've also tried to help my nephews in the past get started with investing. And I found the process for getting an account started with Vanguard to be pretty cumbersome, but I did not find that case with you guys was that the initial goal when you were trying to create something that would just be easier for the new generation that just wants to download an app and get started? Yeah, it, it is that. I mean, I think the new generation wants and expects the user experiences that they get from the apps they use most often, which are social apps. And so it, making it that easy to do it is important. I'd say the other thing is that is important, and again, you know, in the way that we are like Vanguard, is that you have to buy into a long-term mindset for building your wealth, you know. And so, we are not the casino in your pocket like other trading apps are. We are, you know, we believe that a brick by brick, stick with it, keep your costs low, continuously invest in in your portfolio is the way to long-term wealth. And so ease to get onto the platform, the right way to build your wealth over time is what we believe and how we do it. Let's talk about that auto rebalancing feature just for a moment, because that is one of my favorite things and I've been manually doing for years now. How does that work? And is there a cost to this with M1 Finance? So there's no cost on the auto rebalancing. So auto rebalancing you know, for the users means you you set your portfolio, if you will, up with certain allocations across funds and stocks. So let's say for an you know, for argument's sake, you have three holdings. You have a fifty percent holding, a twenty five percent, and a twenty five percent. So when you put money into that portfolio, you want it allocated all the time, kind of with that spread in mind. So we auto rebalance in two ways. One is when you put new money in, that new money seeks to find the places where you're underweight. So let's say, for example, the 50% drops down to 48% and 
and the 25%, you know, take those 2%. When you put more money in, the money on M1's platform is going to seek out to try to get that 48% back up to 50%. So that's one way that's called dynamic rebalancing in our vernacular. There's also one-click rebalancing. So in a case of the three stocks, you might have a 48% and then the other ones are slightly higher than that. With one click, we will do the sells of the things that are overweight and the buys of the things that are underweight so that at the end of all that, you're back to where you were. Now, that seems pretty simple when you only have three holdings, but imagine dozens of holdings. And the example you gave was you'd have to manually do a buy or a sell on each one of those securities and potentially you'd have to do both sides of that to get your portfolio back into order. With one click rebalancing, you just say, boom, I want it done. And then our software takes care of it all. And I, I think, you know, that is one little kind of hint of the automation that we bring into this. And it, the reason we do it is because with rebalancing and tons of other things on the platform, we're trying to take the mundane, time-wasting, kind of things out of the process, which frankly creates friction. And if you have that friction, then you're less likely to stick with your program over the long term. So that is an important element of M1 is let's apply automation because it helps people stick to the plan and get to a better place financially. But then the second thing it does, you can spend more time figuring out what your right mix is and what your right portfolio is and less time on the stuff that, again, can get in the way of, of you achieving your goals. Any sort of friction is the stuff that makes people just not do the investing. It's like, we got to get people to start and invest and keep moving. So one thing I wanted to ask is about M1 Finance not having mutual funds. It's only stocks, ETFs. And I know you guys are talking about buy and hold investing long term. I guess, how are index mutual funds different from an index ETF? For example, if I wanted to buy a total stock market ETF versus a total stock market mutual fund, what's really different with regard to being a long-term buy and hold investor? There's really not too much difference other than the ETF gives you more optionality with that security, which means you can it, it will trade more often during the day Oftentimes, their prices are lower. I mean, the, the, the fees associated with it. So in the Vanguard case, I think the Vanguard, S and, like the, it's, their ticker is VOO. That's their ETF for the S&P 500. I think the, the kind of fee basis on that, the cost basis on that is like 0.03%. When you look at the mutual fund that is the same, that actually, you know, is, is the kind of same mix and the same approach to that particular bundle of, of securities, I think it's 0.04%. So it's slightly less expensive on the ETF side. It's, it's more liquid in that it trades more. And the, you know, if you're going to buy Vanguard mutual funds, you've got to go buy them through Vanguard. In, in the case of M1, you can buy, I haven't tallied it up, but I would say either all or most Vanguard ETFs, Fidelity ETFs, Charles Schwab ETFs on M1. And, you know, you're getting the same exact thing you'd be getting from them just in ETF form. So long, long story short, the ETF and the, and the mutual fund are essentially the same thing, but the ETF is just more liquid. 
you talked about you, you guys are not sort of the, you know, casino of investing apps kind of solution. This is a long-term buy and hold solution. Do you also have tax advantaged accounts or is it all taxable? No, there's tax advantage accounts. You can open up Roth IRAs. You can open up IRAs. You can open up custodial accounts for, you know, other individuals. No, we, we are, we provide all of that for our customers. Well, it sounds like a fantastic solution, Bob, and I'm glad we had the chance to uh, do a little comparison against Vanguard today for people to consider. Now, I am a recent customer, everybody. I'm also an affiliate for M1 Finance. So if you want to check out M1 Finance and support this show, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash M1 Finance. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash M1 Finance. Bob, is there any other exciting announcements coming out in the news or anything like that we should be aware of or anything else you want to talk about today before we go? Well, I'll tell you two things. One is regarding Vanguard and regarding you know becoming a customer of M1. Vanguard is the number one place that people transfer accounts over from to M1. We've taking, taken in approximately 5,000 transfers from Vanguard, and that totals about a quarter of a billion dollars in accounts over. So, you know, I guess my message to the people out there is once you've looked at M1 and you think that M1 is good for you, you can transfer over your account and that doesn't cause any buys or sells against your account. So you can just do that. There's no tax issues with that. And on top of that, we will pay for account transfers. So, and it's depending on the amount. It's again for very large amounts, we'll pay up to four thousand dollars for people to move their money. And the other thing that I think ties nicely to Andy's kind of affiliate link is we also provide what we call uh, seed funds for people that are new to M1. So again, depending on the amount of money you deposit, you can get up to five hundred dollars uh, as additional from M1 to your account to do that. And then in terms of the last thing, Andy, I'd say is we just launched a credit card called the Owner's Rewards Card, which pays up to 10% cash back you know, to you when you buy, when you make transactions at the companies that you, at some of the companies that you own in your account. So for example, if you own Netflix in your uh, account, the tier that Netflix sits in is 10%. So you get 10% back when you use the owner's rewards card to do that. And it's our way to try to help people grow their investing future with everyday spending. So check that out if you would. Sorry for the plug, Andy. We're all about taking advantage of rewards in our community and helping people uh, grow their investments. I think that's a great way to do it. It incentivizes you to continue to be an owner of the companies that you've purchased, you know? So you, you hit the nail on the head. That is what we're about. Ownership is the path to long-term wealth creation. And we're trying to do it every day, you know, whether you're investing, borrowing, spending, or saving. I love it, Bob. Everybody, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash M1 finance. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash M1 finance. Bob, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Danny. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. To keep this show running and to help your buddy Andy smile, I'd like to ask you to do one quick thing to support this show. 
please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or on social media tagging at Andy Hill MKM. Those reviews help more people to find this show. So to encourage you to leave a review of the show, each month we do a book giveaway. So we received two reviews since our last book giveaway offer. And this quarter, we're going to be giving away three different book options from past podcast guests. The first one is Playing With Fire by Scott Rickens. The second is Dream of Legacy, Raising Strong and Financially Secure Black Kids by Anne Lise Wealth. And the last one is The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. And to help me pick the winner this week, I've got my assistant. Zoe here, here. There she is. She introduces herself. She's very good at that, everybody. Zoe. Before we do the review, should we do a money quiz? Yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah. Yes, please. All yes, right. Please. Cue that music. Let me explain the rules again because uh, not everybody's listened to the show. I'm going to give you three questions, Zoe. For every question you get right, I'm going to give you a dollar. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Let's rock and roll with question number one. Recently, you got $20 from Grandma Cindy for Halloween. Yeah. That was awesome, right? Awesome. You asked me to put $20 in your Ally account and divide it up between your buckets of spend, save, family give, charitable giving, and investing. Why is it important for us to split it up and not just spend it all? Well, for investing, which is really helpful in your future life, it means that sometimes you just have to sit around and you will get more money. So if you put more money in there, the more money you'll make in the future. So then you're not living a sad life. I love it. I love it. That's a great bucket. Yeah. So investing, everybody, you might want to take advantage of that because if you sit around, more money can come your way in the future, right? Mm-hmm. All right, that's a correct answer. Congratulations. Yay. Oh, wait, wait, I go. Question number two. Recently, you had a can drive at school and your class won by bringing in the most cans. <laughs> well, I grade. Well, your grade, yes, yes, yeah. Sorry, yes, not yes. your class. Who was that can drive for and why do you think it was important? Well, the can drive was for people who don't have food. And I think it's important because if we didn't have food, we would be starving. Yeah, I think that's a correct answer. And it's a very cool thing that your class and your school did. They they got over 4,000 cans for <laughs> Gleaners, a, a community service yeah. here in our city. And that was very cool. Congratulations. That's another correct Yay. answer for Zoe Hill. All right, question number three. Thanksgiving is coming up soon. Yes, This is is a day where we express our gratitude for the people and things we have in our life. Mm -hmm. Zoe, Mm -hmm. what are three things you're grateful for today? I'm grateful for food and water. That's one. That's one. Okay. Family, Mm -hmm. including the kitties and extended family. There you go. And house. And your house. And everything in the house. I love it. That's great. Congratulations, Zoe. That's another correct answer. Three correct Yay! answers. That means you get $3 in your Ally account as soon as I get back from dropping you off at school immediately after that. Congratulations. Okay. Can we do our review? Are yes. you ready for that? Alexa, pick a number between one and two. One. Oh, okay. Our first review comes in from Frugal T. They say, one of my all-time favorite personal finance and family balance podcasts. That's awesome. Okay, Zoe, you want to read this review? 
I always enjoy the relatable, fun, and helpful episodes about managing personal finances, careers, and my life. Listening to Andy and now Nicole every week is like getting trusted advice from good friends. Your honesty, candor in the bread and wine episodes is powerful stuff. Please keep up the great work and thank you. Thank you, Zoe. And thank you, Frugal T, for that kind, kind review. Now, Frugal T, I don't have your email. So if you could please email me a screenshot of this review, I'd appreciate it. That way we can get you that book as soon as possible. And everybody, we're going to be doing the same process again. Same Zoe, same book. So please leave it's us a review. It's always going to be the same It's Zoe. always going to be Zoe. Please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and take a screenshot of your review and email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or... <laughs> Or if you don't have Apple Podcasts, which not a lot of people do, I mean, well, I guess a lot of people do, but some people don't, you can share your favorite episode and why it's your favorite on social media and tag me at Andy Hill MKM, and that would be the same deal. So thank you very much for considering it, and thank you, Zoe. We gotta go to school, yes, baby. Yes, we do. Goodbye. Goodbye. In November, we've got an incredible lineup of guests and family empowering topics, everybody. November 8th, next Monday, is Chris Hutchins. He's a travel hacker extraordinaire, and he's going to share how he has accumulated over 10 million travel rewards points for countless free vacations and how you can get started, too. The week after that, I'm going to answer a listener question about finding motivation to pay off the mortgage. And then we're going to hear from Mark and Tiffany Baker from Terre Haute, Indiana, about how their mortgage freedom is allowing them to revitalize their hometown, which is a really cool story. The Monday after that, we're going to have our 300th episode of the show, 300. And to commemorate this big day, I'm going to be updating and sharing my 10 steps to young family wealth and happiness. This is all the knowledge that I've gained over the past five years of doing the show. And I'm going to share it with you from your earbuds, from the comfort of your home. Now, Monday after that, November 29th, we'll bring you another Best of MKM as you guys are celebrating your Thanksgiving holiday. One of our most popular episodes from 2019, this one is entitled, We Make $100,000 Per Year, But We Feel Stuck. How Can We Improve? It's a good one. It's uh, one of our most downloaded episodes, so... I'm going to send that your way. And then, of course, every Friday, you'll hear more bread and wine with me and my wife, Nicole. You guys have been very complimentary of this segment, this show. It's really been a blessing. This is a candid chat between a husband and a wife where we break some bread and we drink some wine. So if you are interested in just some real talk, come hang out with us on Fridays. Last month, everybody, Nicole and I were featured on time.com for our debt-free millionaire story. So the word is getting out on our show and this simple path to family financial independence. So if you are new here, welcome. Maybe you saw the article. Maybe you're checking this random show out. We're excited to have you and thank you for being here. And we're excited to help you grow. And just to let you guys know, this month, I'm going to be in Franklin, Tennessee, and I am going to be doing a meetup. So if you want to come hang out at the Frothy Monkey, which is a cool name, in Franklin, Tennessee, on November 19th from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., come hang out with me. It's a Friday. It's a lunchish time. Maybe you can ditch out of work or 
maybe you're working from home and you could ditch out anyway. <laughs> come say hi, come have a coffee with me or a beer or whatever. That would be great. I'm going to be in town for a small conference and then headed to the airport. So thought I'd say hi to some folks locally. If you are interested, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Nashville meetup. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Nashville meetup for all the details and that where you can RSVP there. If you don't have Facebook, because this is a Facebook group, just email me back at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com and just let me know that you're interested in showing up and uh, it would be great to meet you. I love meeting real people. I love internet people as well, but real people, man, they're the bee's knees. I hope to see you there. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Anne Sweeney. Define success in your own terms, achieve it by your own rules, and build a life you're proud to live. And I'll add to Anne's quote there, start investing today. You won't regret it. Carpe diem. 